Log Talk Radio. Thank you. 
Pastor Person, Minister King, Minister Jefferson, not here, Reverend Grant, officers, members, online viewers, and in-person guests, good morning. Here are your announcements for this week. <clears throat> Sister Burns and the Usher Board would like to thank everyone for supporting them at the honorary program yesterday. Our very own Sister Lenora Elms was grateful for the flowers that were given to her from the pastor and Ebenezer. Whatever you did, your thoughtfulness was appreciated. May God bless all of you. This is from the Usher Board. And a special thank you to Pastor Person and the Ebenezer family. Thank you for your support on Saturdays and for honoring me. A special thanks goes to Ms. Vivian Peake for the kindness you've shown. And this is from Sister Elms. Sister Elms has always been very faithful in her service and is very deserving of this award. Members, please continue to pursue your food handler certificate and to send a copy to me at churchclerk at embcchicago.org. It's on the flyer, so you don't have to worry about writing it down. When you complete the course, if you complete the course and you have difficulty printing your certificate, you can come down to the office, log into your account, and print it here. So again, if you complete the course and you can't print at home, you can always come and print it here. Please let us know if you or a loved one would like to be included on our prayer and concern list, you can contact the church office. There is a member of our faith community in need of a home health care worker. If you are interested or know someone who is interested and qualified, please call the office with that information. Coming up this week, there will be no yoga class this Tuesday, September 26th. Class will resume on October 3rd. Please remember you must have a signed waiver to attend the class. On Wednesday, September 27th, in lieu of our Zoom Bible class, Pastor Person is asking us to meet with him over at the Revival and Metropolitan Community Church at 7 p.m. The speaker for that evening is the Honorable Reverend William E. Hall. Again, that's Wednesday at 7 p.m. in lieu of our Bible class. We're going to go to the Revival at Metropolitan over at 46th and Prairie. Then on Saturday afternoon, September 30th, we will be hosting a Christian comedy show. The headliner for this show is Reverend Lester Berry, a well-known Christian comedian. The show is at 3 p.m. Entry is free, although we will be taking a love offering. There are flyers available in the lobby that you can distribute to your friends and family. Women's Day is Sunday, October 8th. Our speaker for the morning is the Reverend Jean Jones from Fellowship. Ladies, we are wearing any combination of orange and white. We are asking members for $121 in support of our Women's Day, brothers and sisters alike. You may make your donation at once or in installments as you see fit. Leading up to Women's Day, we have our Friday evening prayer and meditation time led by Sister Belinda Guyton. 
from 6 to 6.30 on Friday evenings from now until Women's Day. Listen to the calling post during the week for the information for each week's prayer focus. Our fish fry is scheduled for Friday, October 6th. There are flyers in the lobby for the fish fry if you would like to send out to your friends. And there are order forms where you can plan your meal ahead of time. Please see Sister Archelle Cooper for order forms. Sister Jaconda Jefferson and First Lady Dr. Pamela Person are our Women's Day co-chairs. We have been sharing gospel music snippets with you each Sunday, as this is Gospel Music Heritage Month. Our Gospel Music Heritage Minute this, this morning, rather, is Sally Martin. Sally Martin, last week we talked about Roberta Martin. Today, Sally Martin was born in Titfield, Georgia, November 1895, where she was raised as a Baptist. Then she joined the Pentecostal movement as a young woman, and she began her career singing in holiness churches after coming here to Chicago in 1927. Martin's rough-hewn singing style combined with the enthusiastic physicality of the holiness church nearly kept her from working with Thomas Dorsey, who looked down on the shouting style of many holiness singers and was reluctant to hire a singer who could not read music. Martin nonetheless persuaded Dorsey after three auditions to hire her as part of a trio he had formed to introduce his songs to churches. She proved to be an able organizer with a shrewd financial sense who marketed Dorsey's songs, organized his finances, developed new avenues for business, and helped launch the National Convention of Gospel Choirs and Choruses Incorporated. Martin was a successful artist in her own right, forming the Sally Martin Singers, in which her daughter, Cora, Ma Cora Martin Moore, Dinah Washington, who we know started here as Ruth Jones, and brother Joe May were featured in 1940 after a dispute with Dorothy. She started her own publishing house, Martin and Morris Music Incorporated with Kenneth Morris, a gospel music publisher, arranger, composer, and innovator. They were responsible for publishing a number of gospel standards, including Just a Closer Walk with Thee. Sally Martin retired from the Sally Martin Singers in the early 1950s as the strain of a touring, of touring grew too great for the group, and they continued on the road for several more decades. She remained an active force in the NCGCC, even after she went out on her own and was a vocal supporter of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and of health programs in Nigeria. She remained a vigorous proponent of gospel music and defender of her role in bringing it to churches as her appearance in the 1982 movie, Say Amen Somebody, illustrates vividly. Sally Martin was inducted into the Gospel Music Hall of Fame in 1991. This afternoon, we will culminate our celebration of Gospel Music Heritage Month with a musical, select, musical celebration of the history of gospel music, as well as some of our own local gospel music living legends, including our very own Sister Wilma Newchurch, 
Brother Richard Evans, our first Minister of Music, Sister Ethelyn Ingram, and Sister Loretta Oliver. We are providing a light lunch, very light. We are offering salad. I'm looking for Evans to let you know we've got Miss Lemmy's chicken salad, and we got two pans, so there's enough for Evans and everybody else. You are invited to join us for lunch. Of course, lunch is complimentary for our musical guests and anyone participating in the program. If you are not participating, we're going to ask you for a donation, but we are not turning anyone away. So if you are una unable to give us a donation, you are still welcome to lunch with us. Now, if you need something more substantial, you do have time to go and come back. Our program begins at 3 o'clock, and let me remind you that anytime you participate in anything where Richard Evans is playing, if we say 3 o'clock and you're not in your seat by 2.55, you are late for the program. Amen. Those are your announcements for this week. We invite those of you who are worshiping in person and those of you who are viewing this on social media to share this service. And as always, if you are here and you have the service on, please remember to turn your device to silence. Thank you. Let's just say amen. Just want to say once again that I forgot one very special announcement that on tomorrow, Pastor and Dr. Pamela Person will be celebrating their 24th wedding anniversary. Congratulations. Congratulations and much patience, Dr. Pamela. Just want to say uh, thank you to those persons who were came out to celebrate Sister Am on yesterday. Sister Am had such a humble spirit, and uh, it was it was good to see Ebenezer travel big to support her on yesterday. Uh, it is an honor well deserved. Um, and we often say that Sister Ann doesn't have a whole lot to say, but she gives a whole lot in her service. And I was just so, so, so overwhelmed with joy to see her have the ability to smell her flowers while she is alive. Some of y'all know that she has been challenged, and yet she still makes her way. Some would say press her way to the house to serve, and ushers all over the city were able to celebrate her contributions, uh, being a servant, an usher in God's church. So we celebrate you and celebrate Ebenezer, who showed up in a major, major way. Uh, we're excited about today. Um, I know Minister Jefferson is is not here today. He is he is ill and he's requesting prayer. Uh, Sister Belinda is gonna take our people uh, after we do after we welcome each other uh, for a devotional uh, in the Smith Chapel. We thank you, Sister Belinda, for a moment's notice uh, for doing that. 
If you are visiting with us, we just invite you to wave your hand or stand uh, so that we can acknowledge you this morning. Any visitors? Uh, we see folks that are connected. Okay, no visitors. Uh, oh, I know there's some in the choir. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord for your presence. Well, here, I know Orlando's mom is in the house. Praise the Lord. Now, what we're going to do is we're so excited that you're here. We're going to stand and we're going to greet you and each other as we pass the peace of Christ. So, Ebenezer, let's stand. Let's welcome our guests this morning as we pass the peace of Christ one to another. Thank you. 
a wheel in the middle of a wheel. Somebody else said he was my rock of sharing. I heard somebody say he was a bridge over trouble water. He's my doctor. Come on. In the sick room, that's everything. He's my lawyer. In the front room, I have to be. He's a father.
prayer time in the house. It's prayer time in the temple. And we are giving, we're giving and lifting these names today. I'm going to put my own name on this list. I went to the doctor this week. I thought, uh, I thought that I was going to be able to come off of meds. You know, because getting old is inconvenient. So, I thought I was going to be able to come off. He didn't take me off and he added to But uh, we we gonna trust God. We gonna trust God. Cause I discovered I ain't thirty four years old no more. <laughs> I'm looking at y'all. Some of y'all saying I ain't either. But we. We are yet still grateful. Because somebody said, I still got the activity of my limbs. The blood is running warm in my veins. Got a reasonable portion of health and strength. And for that I say, thank you. So we lift up and invite you to stand and in, as you intercede on behalf of someone else. We lift up Lindsay Mayfield, Marguerite Jones, Doris Robinson, the cousin of Beverly Stinson, who Beverly is back from her ministry caring for her cousin. Deacon Chester Coleman, Elise Grant, Alfred Moore, Mary Burton, Shirley Anderson, Mary Sumter, C. Jones, Mary Alexander, Reverend James Thompson, Renetta Pearson, Michael Jones, Julia Ernestine Rowe, Lily Turner, Myrtle Gunn. Carol Blevins, who's in the building today. Sadie Turner. Linda, Leonard Tober, Willie Windham. Brenda Charles McLaughlin, John Lewis, Monica Parnell, Willie Mae Davis. Marlena Jackson, who's in the building today. Beverly Bogus, Nikita Franklin, Sarah Phillips, Rhonda Brown, Jack Speak, Virgiline Daniels, Laura Conwell, Maisie Jordan, Aaron McCray, Maxine Oldsby, Marita, Marita Payton, Joseph Harris, Jennifer Warren, Tasha McShann, and Irene Brown, Sean Harden, Linda Mayfield, Marlene Coleman, Cohen, Marvin Locke, Rob Martin, Pamela Morris, Howard Jones, Eric Morgan, Marcus Sibley, Ruby Clerk, Edward Sullivan, Myron Brooks, Ramona Garrett, Cornell Farrell, Juanita Cooper, who's continued to recuperate, Wanda Kimbrough, 
Deborah Blutzen, Minister Jefferson, Derek Jefferson, and lifting up the family of Mixie Slack. Let us go to God in prayer. Eternal God, our Father, we come before you first to say thank you. Thanking you, O oh God, for the ability to be able to stand here and call your magnificent name. God, we stand, O oh God, each of us, O oh God, stand individually to intercede on behalf of somebody else, God. We ask right now, God, that you would have mercy. Have mercy on those whose names we have lifted and those with whom we stand and intercede for. Have mercy, O oh God, because we recognize you as a healer, as a as a restorer, as a way maker. So God, right now, have your way and have your will in our circumstance, God. We call upon you, O oh God, because we recognize we have nowhere else to go and no one else with whom we can call. So God, we ask right now that you would have mercy. God, we pray right now for this church. Thank you, God, for the journey, God. Thank you, God, for where you have brought us, oh God. In spite of the ups and the downs, the ins and the outs, God, you have been faithful. And we recognize, oh God, you allowed us to be here, but we still have a mission to complete. It is not lost to us, oh God, that many a church has closed their doors churches that with whom we have fellowshiped, oh God. God, we ask that you would have mercy on those congregations, oh God. Keep us humble, oh God. And keep us laser-focused on the work which you have given to us. God, we ask that you will continue to open doors for us. To open doors for us in the halls of government, oh God. Open doors for us, oh God, to those who extend grants as we continue to do this work. And then, God, I ask that you would bless our efforts this coming week, oh God, this Saturday, as we engage in a major evangelism outreach, oh God. We pray, oh God, that this temple will be full of people, oh God, which will give us an opportunity to extend salvation, to extend an invitation, to help some boy or some girl to make a decision for Christ, to let them know that they are forgiven and that Jesus loves them. We pray in advance, oh God, that when we extend that invitation on next Saturday, Someone, oh God, will come. Some convert, someone who is not in fellowship will come. God, we're stepping out in faith, trusting that you will guide and direct us in all that we seek to do. God, we lift now this prayer upon the wings of the Lord. Place it before thy feet. So they're all wise, God. We pray for his sake, we pray. 
And all of God's people said, Amen. You may be seated in the presence of Almighty God. submitted it uh, to the store owner. And after reviewing the 
the application, the store owner told the boy he didn't think he had enough work to keep him busy. The young boy said, but sir, I'm sure you have enough work. You don't know how little work it takes to keep me busy. See, y'all didn't get that. I ain't telling them next week, Saturday, but y'all didn't get that. We're right over y'all here. But thankfully, in the church, we are not called to look busy. We are called to be busy. I can't get no help here. There, there, there is a difference between activity and accomplishment. You should know that there's plenty of work in the kingdom of God. Work is at the very center of the gospel. There is not a Christian in the house who is not an important part of the whole. And the good news is there is work for everyone to do. Because we are all called, every single one of us are called to discover and then to implement our gifts and our talents from God to their fullest potential. God wants us to dig up the gifts that are in us and then dig in. But when Christ returns for his church, he's coming for a church that has been busy executing the great commission to teach all nations. So Ebenezer, don't get caught looking busy. Be busy. I think I'll say that again. Don't get caught looking busy. Now some, some could say that you ain't got no problem with that because you ain't doing nothing. Be busy. Because every one of us, from the youngest to the oldest, is empowered in some way to carry out this command using the gifts God has given us. And so I'm wondering this morning, are you using your gifts? Oh, y'all don't hear me. Are you using your God-given gifts. Let's see. First, first, we are called to acknowledge our gift. We all have them. We all have them. The Apostle Paul acknowledges that we have differing spiritual gifts given to us by the grace of God. These gifts are the impetus or spiritual energy behind the application of the nine gifts mentioned in 1 Corinthians 12, 8 through 11. They are what makes our work productive for the Lord, for without them we could do nothing. You see, the church is one body, and these gifts of spiritual empowerment are what makes the church grow. Each gift has a distinctive role within the body. Think of them as fuel 
They are not the vehicle to accomplish the many tasks we perform within the church. They are the fuel for the vehicle. The fuel that ignites and empowers us to use our talents and our abilities, our preaching, our teaching, our hospitality, prayer for the glory of God. For the glory of God. Not so pastor called your name. But for the glory of God. The church is a city set on a hill. God has provided the spiritual fuel to keep his city running smoothly and efficiently as we spread the gospel. To do this, every one of us must understand our role. We have to understand our role and allow the Holy Spirit to work through us to perform his will. We wrongly assume that the spread, and we've been learning this this year, that the, the spread of the gospel is the sole province of the preacher and the missionary. But Paul clearly affirms that this is not the case. You are called to participate in the proclamation of the word of God and the active involvement in the work of God. In his letter to the Corinthians, Paul explained it this way. He said, all of these gifts worketh that one and the, and the self-same spirit, dividing to every man separately as he will. The Living Bible puts it this way. It is the same and only Holy Spirit who gives all these gifts and powers, deciding which each of one of us should have. So if God didn't call you to preach, don't be mad at me. If God didn't call you to teach, don't be mad at me. God is the one who discharges or dispenses the gifts. And even though our gifts differ, our goal is the same. To spread the truth of salvation through Jesus Christ. Once we know our gift, our purpose, we are ready to take the next step. And so I encourage you, discover what your gifts are. Second, we are called to expound our gift. It's so important that, that Paul told a young preacher named Timothy, he said, neglect not the gift that is in thee. We disappoint God when we neglect or more often half-heartedly perform our responsibility to Christ's church. Did y'all hear me today? We disappoint God when we do or neglect our gifts or half-heartedly perform our responsibilities to Christ's church. You see, if you all in, you need to be all in. Don't half-heartedly, in the military we use another term. Don't half-heartedly perform your responsibilities to Christ's church. 
when we are inconsistent with the performance of our vital spiritual role, we leave a gap that must be filled by someone else with a more resolute and willing heart. Because if you don't exercise your gift, don't think God's church is going to stop. Don't, don't think God's mission is going to be delayed. God always has a ram, oh, y'all don't hear me, in the bush. Someone must always be on duty to make sure that the church is a lighthouse in a dark and stormy world, that it is a restaurant to feed starving souls, a hospital to minister to the sin-sick world. Somebody must always be on duty to make sure that the church is a service station for refueling, a recruiting center for to enlist soldiers in the army of the Lord. In our scripture text, the Apostle Paul first references four gifts that are essential for the growth of the body of Christ. They are prophecy, ministry, teaching, and exhortation. These four gifts are the ways that God empowers us to grow the body of Christ from within. It is up to us to use our gifts according to the purpose for which they have been granted. The gift of prophecy is mentioned first. In the days following Christ's resurrection, the gift of prophecy was essentially to faithfully render the revelations of God. Today, we have the complete revelation of God as taught to us in his word. In the latter days, the gift of prophecy is of special value and importance. Those who have this gift provide interpretation edification and comfort to Christ's followers. Pastors have this gift, otherwise they could not fulfill their calling, but certain others may use this gift on occasion in the administration of their duties, in prayer, in hospitality, in teaching. The Holy Spirit works wherever there is opportunity to provide comfort and spiritual insight. But we have to be careful. The gift of prophecy is not an opportunity to express our own ideas as being a true divine revelation. Some of us just make it up as we go. We are responsible for being able to distinguish between real and imagined inspiration and interpretation. The gift of ministry is applied to the body of Christ in a more general sense. The spiritual gift empowers, this spiritual gift empowers the service of Christ's followers in whatever ministerial role they are assigned. Whatever our role, this spiritual gift allows us to perform our role with dedication, determination, and consistency as true disciples. The spiritual gift of teaching is used to build the foundational truth on which the church stands. That's why we have to be careful who we allow to teach our people. It is different 
from the inspired eloquence of the gift of prophecy, but it is no less essential because it keeps the foundation steadfast and sure. Ebenezer has always been a teaching church. Okay, ain't no witnesses in here? Because Ebenezer recognized that Christian education is critical. Those who are empowered to teach are responsible for keeping the facts and doctrine of God's word intact by rightly dividing the word of truth. The spiritual gift of exhortation compels every Christian to repeat with accuracy every lesson that is taught in the scriptures, whether in the congregation or in private. It is clear that we are all called to exhortation to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ proficiently, precisely, and perfectly. These four gifts of the Spirit grow the church from the foundation up. But there's more. Paul shares three more spiritual gifts. Finally, we are called to expand our gifts. You see, Ebenezer, we don't just grow the church up. We grow it out. We expand the message beyond the confines beyond the walls of the church and the body of Christ. Paul lists the next three gifts for this expansion. They are giving, ruling or guiding, and mercy. You see, giving is a spiritual gift. Imagine that. Do, do we even have to mention how giving grows the church? I mean, the cost of ministry necessitates the role of our common currency. In other words, we need money to minister. People that didn't say nothing are the ones that ain't got this gift right now. But I'm going to be honest. I ain't got a problem being honest and transparent. We need money to minister. Our giving should be done with singleness of heart. Every person giving according as God has blessed them. In other words, you can't give what I give. I can't give what you give. You got a whole lot more than me. But according to how God has blessed us. Paul told the Corinthians upon the first day of the week, everybody, everybody, let every one of you lay by him in store. Everyone he was talking about was to lay by him in store, to set it aside as God has prospered him. And I'm looking out this audience. There's some prospered folk in here. Y'all all ain't broke. Ninety-nine point nine percent of y'all went to bed with a roof over your head. 
99.9 of y'all had something to pull out to eat. And had the nerve, 99.9 .9 of y'all, had a variety of something to put on. God has prospered you. Now, I ain't got my May back, but I didn't have to walk here. Oh, y'all don't hear me today. Preacher once said, give God his due. The question is not how much money will I give God. The real question is how much of God's money will I keep for myself? Oh, you thought it was your money. How much of God's money will I keep for myself? It is our custom to pass the plate to collect from willing saints motivated to participate in the cost of ministry. Paul did no such thing. He told the Corinthians to collect their gifts in advance so there were no gatherings when he got there. Stories told of a church that had a drop box at their side entrance. The box was there to collect tithes from those who would be out of town on Sunday and, and didn't want to miss the opportunity to give. You see, back then, there was no givelify or cash app or sale. And, and the story goes that a pastor told the man that said that a man came every Friday at 5.15 to place his unmarked envelope in the box. It was the only time he ever saw the man because he was not a member of the church. And so one day he decided to wait by the box and ask the man why he deposited money every Friday. He said, Reverend, I'm a sinner, but I'm not stupid. I want to give God his due, give God his, before I spend the rest at the bar. I, I figure drinking is bad enough but drinking with God's money has to be a serious fear. You see, we all need to have that same fear of God before we spend what does not belong to us. Ruling or guiding is a gift. Those whom the Spirit appoints to lead others must be careful not to become sidetracked by their position of authority. Their authority must be handled with the zealous intent to perform their duties as God leads them. I said as God leads them. Watch for those pitfalls, those positions of importance that can make a Christian lazy. Don't get lazy on God just because you've been given the top spot. Go out and gather the lost with the same zeal that someone once drew you in. Don't leave the work to somebody else. Those in authority don't just give orders. They follow them too. Finally, Paul mentions, Paul mentions mercy. Where would the world be without God's mercy? The, this outreach gift is critical 
to the expansion of the church because it is how God touches lives. This gift is given to those who visit the sick, pray for the suffering, and devote themselves to the work of showing mercy. Where would the homeless be without God's mercy? Where would the unsaved sinner be without God's mercy? Where would you be without God's mercy? Somebody said, mercy suits my case. The apostle Peter reminds us that God is no respecter of persons. By now, you may be asking yourself, well, where do I fit in to God's plan? Of this, I am certain, there is a special place reserved for you. And the sooner you discover it, the faster we will fulfill the command of Christ to go into all the world and teach all nations. I said to go into all the world. I didn't say to sit in church on Sunday after Sunday and don't spread no good news. But it says to go into the world, which means that you have to go beyond the walls. And so the question is, are you the missing link? One missing link could significantly delay the work of God's congregation. You need to take a personal inventory and ask yourself, am I guided by the Holy Spirit in my service to my Savior? Am I, am I carrying his cross? Am I studying his word? Am I counting the cost? Am I spreading the word? Am I standing in the gap? It's time. It's time to stir up the gift of God, which is inside of you. You need to stir up your gift. You need to stir up your gift. Wow, it is day. For the night cometh when no man can work. So Ebenezer, let's dig up the gifts we have been given. And then let's dig in. Jesus said in 2 Timothy, I must work the works of him that sent me. There is work to be done, Ebenezer. I said there is work to be done. There are souls to be saved. There are lives to, 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 to make a difference in. There are lives to impact. There is work to be done. There is there are generations that need to be reclaimed. There is work to be done. There are people who are lonely and by themselves. There's work to be done. There are seniors that have no fellowship with anybody. There's work to be done. There are health disparities in our community. There is work to be done. Are you the missing link? Are you using your gifts for his glory? Not so that you will have an annual day. Not because you get your name called. Because when we call your name down here, it don't really mean nothing. I said it don't really mean nothing. 
You want your name called in glory. You want your name called in the book of life. You want God to say, well done. Well done. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. It don't mean nothing when the preacher calls your name. It only makes you feel good down here. But I declare when God calls your name, I said when God calls your name, when you go up a little bit higher and he says, I know you. I've got a place for you in glory. Come on in and fellowship with me. That's what we're working for. That's what we're using our gifts for. That God will look you in the face and say, well done. Well done. You didn't quit. You didn't throw in the towel. You used what you had. Well, Pastor, I ain't got a whole lot. Use what you had. Because someone said, little can become much. I said, little can become much. When you place it in the master's hands. Hallelujah. The word of God for the people of God. And all of God's people said, amen. We're going to open the doors of the church. What that simply means is we're extending the invitation to you at this moment to join with us here at Ebenezer, to join our fellowship, to join our church. Perhaps you don't belong to a church or disconnected from a church. We would like to extend an invitation to you to join with us here at Ebenezer. If that's you, won't you come at this time? As our musicians play and our congregation prays, we extend an invitation to you to join with us here at Ebenezer. Let this place be your church home. Let this be the place where you work out your soul's salvation. Won't you come to them? Oh, my God. 